Welcome to Do Theology, where we keep doctrine in its place. I'm Jeremy, and I'm in Utah. And I'm Ken, hanging out in Indiana. Today, we have for you an interview with the hardest working man in podcast land, the producer of the Just Thinking podcast, the host of the Bar podcast, Biblical and Reformed, Dwayne Atkinson. And we talk with Dwayne about his journey to where he is now theologically. He's been involved in different movements, and so we get some background on that. We talk about the Just Thinking podcast. We talk about critical race theory. It's an interesting conversation that you'll want to check out. And speaking of that Just Thinking podcast, uh, we're going to go ahead and tease this again. Maybe there's some bonus stuff coming down the pipeline that you want to keep an eye out for. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. Just thinking. Just maybe. And uh, also, they were the winners of our uh, of our tournament. True. Yes, we had a March Madness tournament of podcasts and YouTube channels. Just thinking, one beat out James White in the final. Impressive showing from those boys. But uh, also want to mention too, we talked to Dwayne off the record after our interview with him, and we're talking about how he got his podcast growing and got. Uh, his name out there more. And one of the things that he did, we're just going to straight up copy off of, he had put the word out on his podcast that if anyone was going to the G3 conference, he would hook them up with some merch. So that way they could be living billboards and advertisements at the G3 conference, because of course that's like the prime audience for podcasts like his and ours. Well, Ken and I are going to the G3 conference later this year, here in 2021, and we want to offer you some stuff. If you're going, if you're a listener to this podcast and you want to help us get the word out about the Do Theology podcast at the G3 conference, let us know. Send us an email at show at dotheology.com, or you can send us a message on Facebook. That might even be easier. Go to our Facebook page and just send us a message and just say, hey, I'm going to G3, and we'll start that conversation. Uh, that would be really helpful for us. So um, let us know about that, and, and we'd love to meet you. And you'll get some free merch. It's helpful for us, and you get free merch. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'd love to meet you while, while we're at G3. Maybe we could share a coffee and do theology together. That would be great. So... Okay, well, without any further ado, further ado, let's go ahead and <laughs> roll the intro and get into the, the uh, interview with Mr. Dwayne Atkinson. Neither Bethel nor Hillsong meet the biblical definition of a true church. Did you know that Jesus was born again? Is his view heretical? If it isn't, then there's no such thing as heresy. It's not just a black and white issue. There's an issue, there's a question of moderation and how damaging and how harmful things are. Not every act of divine revelation is equal in authority. Angelic forces, angelic reinforcement. I mean, it's, it's hard to even respond to that, isn't it? It's, it's mind-numbing, it's blasphemous. When the apostles use the word atonement, they do not depict an angry God. It's cryptic. It's watered down. It has nothing to do with the judicial aspect of the Christian gospel. The most important of all doctrines is that the Bible is the word of God. They have different ideas than you do. You don't have to automatically kick them out of the kingdom. 
Joining us today is the executive producer of the Just Thinking Podcast, host of the Bar Podcast, and CEO of the Bar Podcast Network. The Bar Podcast Network is home to several widely listened to podcasts, including Just Thinking and Thankful Homemaker. You can listen to these and learn more about the Bar Podcast Network by going to thebarpodcast.com. We welcome our guest, the hardest working man in podcast land and huge Duke basketball fan, Dwayne Atkinson. <laughs> Okay, those that are listening uh, that are not watching, he see this huge North Carolina Tar Heel blue God's country uh, blanket behind me. Um, no way I'm a Duke fan. I'm saved. So I don't, I don't, I don't you know, devil. Like, why would I root for a devil? Like, come on. <laughs> hey, that's a good point. You can make a yeah. good argument for that. Oh, yeah. Guy has a ram in the bush. You know, he takes <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, Dwayne, on your uh, Twitter po- profile, you've got that header image up there that's got the hashtag, the hardest working man in podcast land. And by golly, I believe it. You produce that widely listened to Just Thinking podcast. You host or co-host several podcasts of your own. You're the CEO of a podcast network. You certainly have your hands full. What's the thinking behind that hashtag? And how does that play out in your life besides just simply having your hands in a lot of podcasts? Sure. So um, it actually was self-proclaimed, I'll be honest first, um, but it was, uh, I guess, um, adopted by Daryl Harrison, which is the king of the monikers. Anybody know Omaheezy and everybody else on the team has nicknames. Um, and so that's what made it official. Um, and, and it came from, you know, uh, before there was a network um, and it was just the bar podcast. Um, I literally would do, you know, two a days, three a day interviews um you know to stay ahead to you know always promoting um and and what that looks like i guess just in every aspect of my life um that that's kind of my drive you know um one of my biggest heroes you know of course is michael jordan and one of his models is you're not going to outwork me and so that's the same attitude that i approach not just podcasting but work and everywhere else man so um it and, and, and it's a long hashtag and I love like, you know, typing it all out because, you know, you just can't say hardest working man and podcast got to add land to it to put some more letters on it. Um, but it also kind of comes from, you know, James Brown was the hardest working man in showbiz or whatever. So I had to make my run hardest working man in podcast land. Awesome. I love it. So the Bar Podcast Network and for those listening that may not be familiar, that's not about alcohol, right? <laughs> Bar stands for Biblical and Reformed. Tens of thousands of listeners glean from the shows on the network on a regular basis. Tell us how God has used this network in your life. Um, so on a personal level, uh, it, it holds me accountable um, because it has put me in a place and in spaces where uh, I'm noticeable. Um, the whole thing about the bar podcast is I don't have, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a best-selling author. Um, you know, I, I'm a lay person and, you know, that inspired other people to start, but what the bar podcast and the network has done is put me in a, uh, realm or a, uh, place where people pay attention to what I do. I just can't act crazy, you know, because my name is attached to it, the brand and all of that. Um, that's been the, the major part. Um, because we are sinners, you know, left by ourselves, you know, not saying I don't sin. It's just, you know, uh, you think twice about certain ones, you know, um, but uh, also a blessing in my life. Um, just 
just the ability to connect with people, man. I am passionate about making new friends, about connecting with people, um, and to see the Bar Podcast do that on a international level um, is a true, I mean, just amazing blessing that that I'm so grateful for. Hmm. Now, at one point in your life, you were just this North Carolina country boy, and you were caught up in wayward movements, wayward Christian movements. You, you spent sir. some time in the charismania type camp. <laughs> and then uh, you said that you became a hardcore fundamental King James only guy. Yes. So, so <laughs> how have your different religious experiences helped shape your approach to podcasting and to ministry today? Okay. That's, that's an interesting question. I like that. Um, so just my journey, uh, like you said, you know, uh, hardcore like I, i'm surprised you didn't mention the apostle thing which i probably probably coming up um <laughs> going from the new apostolic reformation to um like i said hardcore fundamentalists um and and that transition came from being tired of the manipulation and the false prophets and things like that and i'm like you know we're going over here this one book one you know whatever um but to answer your question how that shaped my podcast um is actually the the inspiration for my podcast because mm-hmm. Um, it took podcasts to uh, expose me to solid biblical teaching. And so I wanted my podcast to be that bridge um, that to expose people to solid biblical teaching. Teaching, No, we're not, you know, White House Inn or Crisis Centered where we're talking about Va and Voss and words I don't know how to pronounce. But we're <laughs> that bridge between people that maybe like, you know, there's something not right about this charismania thing you know but this guy he, he's, he's talking plain he's not you know a, a super scholar he's telling me about this guy and this guy and uh and that's kind of the inspiration man so that journey shaped my inspiration to mm. actually produce the podcast now when when you held that title of apostle for that time in your life how long was that how long of a period it's hard to say um it was probably officially about maybe a year and a half um, went before I started like okay. like not answering to it. People still call me that in, in that circle when they huh. see me and I have it. Just the wing, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, probably about a year and a half, uh, you know, when I was in it and proud of it. And then I was kind of coming yeah. out. Well, that's what I was going to ask is during that time, how how puffed up was your head? Could you like <laughs> even fit through doorways as people were over here calling you Mr. Apostle? Right, right. So, it, you know, it's funny, man, because you get this uh, false sense of humility, um, you know, because you're like, you know, I'm not I'm not worthy to be apostle, you know, but call me an apostle, you know, or I'm not worthy, but I'm going to put it in my my Twitter uh, description, you know, um, it, it's kind of like I said, it's, it's like a, a false sense of humility. Oh, sorry. Do y'all hear that? Uh-uh. OK, all right. Good. So, yeah, it's kind of like a false sense of humility, man. And I am, you know, uh, I. I always tell people when it first hit me, I was kind of like, you know, like, like this is too much. Um, but when you get in those circles and you get pumped up and people, you know, mm-hmm. are, are pumping you up and doing that, man, it, you, you, you're on your own little cloud, man. You feel like you, you know, you, you can do your shadow will heal somebody when you, when you walk by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a church rock star. You, yeah, you were, man, you were sure. the charismatic, uh, you were the Pentecostal Mick Jagger. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So what what is that's uh, some of the church experience that you've had in the past? What's your church experience like now, and how would you compare and contrast that to your earlier days? Sure. So um, we actually just relocated to North Carolina, um, and you know we're in a pandemic, uh, so we haven't 
locked down a uh, official church home. Uh, we, Sunday, we're, we're excited to actually finally attend a church. Um, so um, we, we've been, um, you know, virtual for, for the last couple. Um, but what I'll say is when I was in South Carolina, after I ex- experienced, you know, sound biblical teaching and things like that, I was still in a charismatic church. It was a smaller church. The pastor is a great person, but his theology was just off. Like he wasn't into manipulating and, you know, taking people money and things like that. But, you know, he still was decreeing and declaring and things. And so um, I was there, um, you know, after I started the bar, you know, started the network and I would be in there literally cringing, you know, cause it's, you know, but um, from, from, from being in that world and being a part of that world and then actually still in that world, but not necessarily a part of it. Um, it's taught me a lot of um, patience. A lot of times when we get sound biblical theology, we we are impatient with folks, you know, when and they're not where we are. We're like, you got to get here. You know, we call it the cage stage. But I think with me staying there and, and you know, having that conversation, you know, with my past at the time, like, hey, you know, you should read this guy Spurgeon, man. You should check it out, you know. And then he started talking about grace. Well, you know, grace and, you know, you make sure you're not an antinomian, you know. So kind of having that input there um, taught me a lot about that. Um, but like I said, by God's grace, we'll be attending uh, Berean Baptist Church on uh, this Sunday. Uh, we've been uh, following them online. Um, and then hopefully we can get some, some interaction because I it's funny because I haven't had the real uh, church experience as far as like eldership and things like that, mm. uh, that I know I need. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just the, the journey that I'm on. So you were where were you living before you moved back to North Carolina? Where have you been? Yeah, I was in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, okay. uh, I was there for about 15 years. Um, and like, if you read my bio, when I first got there, I was at Redemption World Outreach Center where Ron Carpenter, one of the TBN preachers, mm. I was actually attending his church when I first got there. Okay. And are you, are you back around your hometown now? You back in the, the Turkey? Yeah, deal? man. Yeah. I'm about 45 <laughs> minutes from Turkey. Uh, my parents, uh, have my, the house I grew up in is about 40 minutes from where I'm living right okay. now. Uh, are so you closer I, to the coast then or yeah. what direction? Yes. I'm closer I, to the coast. My wife and I honeymooned at Wrightsville Beach. Oh, okay, yeah. That's so. Uh, that's the only time I've ever been in North Carolina. Nice. Yeah, cool. Wrightsville is amazing. You know, yeah. I call that the rich part, though. So <laughs> <laughs> that's why we were we were in and out for a week. That was it, man. We, yeah, couldn't live there. So yeah, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm probably about uh, about an hour from uh, Wilmington. Uh, okay. And when I lived in you know in, in Turkey, you know, we we beach was a Sunday afternoon every day. I mean, every week mm-hmm. kind of thing. Wow. Well, as we mentioned about the network, the the bar network, it hosts the Just Thinking podcast with Daryl Harrison and Virgil Walker. Uh, Omaha. I'm assuming that was Daryl's moniker, right, for him? <laughs> it is, of course. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, and Thankful Homemaker and a variety of other shows. And there's been a great amount of growth over the last year or two, it seems like, uh, for the bar network. How are people finding these shows and why are they drawn to the conversations that are taking place over on the bar network? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, by God's grace, man, we've, uh, we've touched a lot of spectrums, uh, when it comes to podcasts, because you think about podcasts, it's all about a niche. Um, and so I, I purposely found people that, you know, had, were, were in different areas mm-hmm. or touch different demographics. Um, and so the, all of these places, all of these people already had their own following. Like they had people that they already, you know, followed. And what the network does is the network actually 
exposes uh, more people to this set of folks, you know? So let's say Thankful Homemaker, she already had, man, like, you know, ladies love podcasts. So <laughs> she already had like a whole <laughs> bunch of ladies following her when she joined the network. Um, it just took uh, the ladies that were following my podcast and the ladies that were following Just Thinking podcast and the ladies that following this podcast. Yeah. Oh, there's another lady podcast. So boom, boom, boom. Um, and that, and we actually was able to see that uh, magnified with the the latest addition to the network Abide. Um, they actually debuted at number twelve on the Christian um, category for on iTunes because they had their following, and then you added that to the cross promoting. Um, you know, so I don't know if I answered that question right, but that was good, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, and and speaking of the the top podcast on the Christian chart, like on uh, Apple store and stuff that, that can be a real depressing place. Can it uh, to see what, <laughs> to see what's most popular? It uh, is, man. It man. is, it is very depressing. Um, and, and, you know, it's always good to see a good guy up, up there every now and again, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I want to ask this question because I saw you had, uh, you tweeted the picture of the, the shirt that's in your merch store with, uh, it's a picture of Charles Spurgeon holding up that word. No, yeah, man. which, just with even without context, I find that shirt hilarious and awesome. But I wonder if there's a story behind it that has brought it to your store. Well, uh, honestly, just it's, it's good old capitalism. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a meme going around. Um, I think the more popular one was uh, something saying showing respect to transgender by peeing while sitting. And then it was like Charles Spurgeon. No, <laughs> you know, and so I felt like, hey, that's this might be a thing. You know, it's kind of like the Bernie thing. You know, the Charles Spurgeon. No um was was going around nobody else had it uh you know my wife fussed at me about copyright and all that stuff and i was like well eh, we ain't gonna make a million dollars from it so we threw it in the store awesome yeah that's right yeah spurgeon's spurgeon's family can't see you anyway they're uh yeah. they're christians <laughs> we're, 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 we're coming up on first corinthians 6 uh, this sunday in our church so we'll, we'll be addressing that anyway. <laughs> uh and i think it was just yesterday you tweeted out a picture of Grudem's updated systematic theology yeah. with the caption podcast perks. Yeah, Thank man. you, Wayne Grudem. <laughs> how often are you getting free swag and, and how do we get in on that? What's, what's the story there? Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it uh, pretty often. Uh, surprisingly, um, you know, just building the platform to a place where, you know, people want, want, they want to come through and, and, um, and get exposed to your listeners and, they're, they're grateful for that exposure. And so, you know, the intern send you stuff or you can just be like me and just ask for it. I think yeah, that's cool. while I was yeah. uh, recording with Wayne, I mentioned, I was like, man, you know, I got the old one, but I would really love the new one. He was like, oh yeah, just give me your address. Oh, no problem. I was typing it as we were still on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah. It, it, it's, it's a blessing. It's actually one of the reasons why I jumped into podcast, just to be totally honest and transparent, man, because you know, it, you're, you're giving them, uh, something valuable and yep. uh, in turn, you know, they, they're blessing you, man. I mean, I wish I was a avid reader. Um, I love, I mean, I like reading, but I'm not like, like a hardcore guy that like, a, you know, four or five books a month or anything. Um, but you know, that's one of the great things about it. Just getting those little, uh, books mainly, uh, from, from mm -hmm. people that come on the show. Well, to take things in a in a slightly different direction here, you know, the day and age in which we're living in, we're seeing huge ideological shifts taking place across America. And you as a, a black reformed Christian in America who speaks against things like critical theory, 
you often find yourself in the minority on a variety of occasions. Is it difficult for you to always seemingly to be in these underdog fights all the time? <laughs> um, no, not at all. Um, I'm actually the founder for a Facebook page called Be Not Deceived. Uh, if you ever see that on Facebook, uh, I started that in 2012. Um, I've always been against the green guy. Um, that's just my nature. Uh, you know, I mean, I just think back, you know, when people playing music in their cars, like I would never play the radio jam. Like I'm gonna play, <laughs> I'm gonna play the, the, the album hits. Um, and so that's just my, my nature, man. If I see a biblical truth, if I see a right, I don't care where they stand, who stands, who stands with me, who don't stand with me. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm gonna stand. Um, and, and that's why just thinking is a thing, you know, because, uh, when, when I heard, you know, Virgil, when I heard Daryl, uh, in their position, I was like, yes, this is where I, I stand. And I have no issues standing there. Um, even if it's alone and, and the flip side of that, because that can be, that can be tricky, you know, having that kind of a mindset and the flip side of that, if what I believe is the majority majority, I'm still going to believe it if it's scriptural. Like I know guys that uh, were talking against social justice. And then when uh, Dr. MacArthur started talking against it, then they flipped on him. And I'm like, well, it's still not, you know what I mean? Like, it's still a thing. Like, don't do it because it's popular now. Um, so, so yeah, I have no issue standing. Um, you know, my best friend is my wife, you know, long as she's cool, I'm cool. I, mm. I actually posted yesterday, you know, the, and it's actually a Jay-Z verse, but you know, the whole industry can hate me. I'll thug my way through. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> So now in the real world, how does that play itself out? Like in your social circles with friends that you've had for a long time, going back to your BC days and with your family, uh, are you an against the grain guy in all those relationships too? I am. And they know it. It, it is adamantly clear. Um, you know, when, when they are bashing Trump and I come around like, hey, what, what's that? What, what's the facts on that? Or, can we Google this? Can we look up what he actually said versus what you heard somebody mm-hmm. said that he said last week when they was talking to their cousin? Let's look mm-hmm. at that. You know, so they, they know it. it <laughs> I've been this way, man. Um, I've been this guy. Um, they're very familiar. My parents, my siblings, my friends. Um, and that's, you know, uh, anybody outside of that, you really you you're really on the short list of you know if i care what you think kind of thing hmm. you're engaged in in a lot of conversations about a lot of different topics these days i'm be curious to hear from you what topics you find to be most significant and, and the hottest topics right now outside of issues of critical theory um that's that's the hottest one man um just to be honest um outside of that um there really isn't Honestly, like, because hmm. I'm not really, you know, um, yeah, that's that's a great question. I well, like you, you were just at, uh, at Founders, right? You, you just yeah. went to the Founders Conference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what's the, was there any buzz there outside of it? Or there's critical race theory. I mean, I, I know it's broader than just race, <laughs> but um, is critical theory really just consuming everything right it's now? It's becoming a lot of everybody's conversation, unfortunately. Um and, and, you know, the segments that Daryl and Virgil did, it dealt with that, you know, uh, a lot of their invitations is dealing with that because it's, it's, it's coming, it's, it's, it's really blanketing the church as far as on their not knowing what it is, fear of it, misunderstanding of it, or, you know, embracing it, you know, so these things are, are really, uh, it is really the, the only conversations that I've been a part of, um, 
you know, I used to be in some of the, you know, um, continuationist to sensationist conversations, but literally in the last six or seven months, it's all been it's all been about critical race or social justice, things like that. So do the uh, podcast stats reflect that too? Uh, things that are on critical theory to those spike? Sure. Yeah. George Floyd and the gospel put us on the map. Um, yeah, that right. episode right now has 200,000 downloads by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know podcasts that don't have that many total, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that episode put us on the map. Um, what I do love though, is once people discover us, they see that we talk about more than just race. We, we have a meeting every Tuesday as a team, just thinking team. And that's one of the things we talk about is, you know, people finding us and then finding where you talk about more than just, you know, critical theory or social mm-hmm. justice or things like that. You know, we have a really, really good catalog of just some evergreen, um, um, content, you know, like, uh, the assurance of salvation. That was a phenomenal episode. Um, you know, biblical unity, which kind of touched on it, but it was, you know, more or less like, okay, let's look at what the Bible say, say about unity. So, hmm. yeah. And it, it seems like in recent years, there's been more of a focus on theological movements, like finding yourself in a, in a broader reform yes. type movement, uh, like the G3 conference network, for example, is kind of a movement in and of itself rather than a full-on proper denomination as we've known it in church history. Right. And as someone who has your thumb on the pulse of these things a little bit, do you think these movements are helpful? And what do you think the future of these movements is going to be? Like, where's all this, where's all this headed in the American church? Sure. So the I think the movements have their uh, you know positive side for sure, um, but because it it goes back to you know uh, when you see a name and and you know you know what to expect. You know when you say G three to me, I yeah. think okay, this is family local church. You know when you say Ligonier, you know I think you know RC you know scholarly teaching. When you say Grace to you, I think you know uh, line line upon line preaching you know, solid, um, mm. solid um, preaching or whatever, or solid biblical expositing. Um, and so, like you said, these are all kind of like movements. Um, I think as far as where we're going with that, um, I have a fear that, uh, like you said, it's not necessarily uh, churches or denominations like in the, in the past. I have a fear that these movements may uh I guess kind of take the place of that. Like people consider themselves a, I'm a Ligonierian, you know, I'm a G3, you know, you know, so that's kind of my fear. I I don't know if we'll ever get to that extreme. The people that are in leadership, I know right now, I know everybody in all three of those places. Um, And the people that are in leadership all are continually trying to point people back to their local church Mm. and, and continue to give them resources, you know, for that. Um, but if, you know, for whatever reason it sways in any other direction, I could see that being an issue. Hmm. Now, as these theological movements take shape and there are lines drawn in the sand on certain issues, because there, there are things that unite these ministries, obviously, right. uh, which I've, I've written about on my website about they're cessationists, they're Calvinistic, and probably biggest thing is they oppose the social justice movement. Right. Um, and, but as these things happen, we're seeing more and more Christian famous, you know, air quotes, Christian famous men and women like Lecrae and Beth Moore say some of the craziest things. Mm-hmm. How do you process such falls from orthodoxy as people are showing where they stand on these issues? Man, it's, it's very disheartening. Um, it's very discouraging. Um, you know, 
I I kind of I was asked. I feel like I was at the cusp of this happening. Um, I interviewed Jamar Tisby, which is the uh, you know founder of Witness and formerly ran Reform African American uh, Network. I interviewed him the week before President Trump was elected, and he said during that interview, "Hey, if Trump get elected." Things are going to change. And I didn't understand what he was talking about. If you if you time stamp it back after uh, President Trump was elected, we literally uh, that's when he came out with saying he wasn't comfortable with, you know, worshiping with white people. And then, you know, it just it just continued to build and build. And then the MLK 50 was that same year. Right. And that just brought in the line even more. Um, so it, it's, it's disheartening um, so much. But. What we have to understand is, uh, and, and some of those movements have to also understand, is that's not, uh, it's not heretical to the point of lost salvation or, you know, you're no longer a brother, sister in Christ. Even though some of those movements are saying right now they're not brother, sister in Christ. I don't fall in that. Um, I fall in, this is a blind spot for you. This is a spot where you missed it. There's a spot somewhere over here that I missed it, but this is yours. So, from it, it, I think it's I think it's disheartening. You know, those that that take it to the point of trying to twist scripture to support it. You know, that's when to me you're getting into the little heretical side. But you know, there are a lot of them uh, that have big names, and, and really the big names uh, come from uh, other people influences. Like Beth Moore didn't come with that by herself. You know, mm -hmm. somebody approached her with that, that she respected and she ran with it. You know, Lecrae didn't come up with that by herself. You know, that that's a mixture between somebody talking to him about it. And then, you know, black people default a lot of times is victimhood. Unfortunately, you have to unlearn that because a lot of times your parents experience stuff that you would never experience, mm -hmm. you know? And then when they uh, put that in you, then you you default to that and and everything you do is is to that manner you know until you deprogram or you understand you know like you know I'm I'm in the image of God I can do anything I want to do ain't no systematic the I mean systematic uh racism or you know if if you if he say no I can go over here and say yeah so a lot of there's a lot of facets to it man mm -hmm. um just understanding these folks and where they stand. Uh, again, I still call them brothers and sisters. You know, Beth just don't need to preach. But other than that, I call them <laughs> brothers and sisters. Um, some, some might say she needs to go home. Well, yeah, go home and <laughs> sit down and all of that stuff. But other than that, man, um, it, it, like I said, it, it's it's uh, it's disappointing. Um, you know, especially like I never was a Lecrae fan, but, you know, to see, you know, Shaolin and Jackie Hill, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. kind of those folks that I, I admired their music. Um, it's disappointing to see it coming from those. Since you are a black man, have you experienced, <laughs> oh, really? uh, yeah, uh, have, have you experienced other black people using your skin pigment as a weapon in these conversations, trying to influence you? Like, come on, man, like you're one of us. Of I mean, as is that something that you deal with on a regular basis? Because obviously Ken and I are very much outside of that kind of pull. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's only in Twitter world, man. And, you know, Twitter mm. world is, it's a fantasy world. You know, people say stuff that they would never say to you face to face. 
you know, I grew up in a country, you know, where you go, if you're going to say something to somebody, you're going to say it. And then we're going to figure out what we're going to do after the fact, you know what I'm saying? Like, so that's my mindset. And my dad, you know, his number one motto is, can they whoop you? Like, no, sir. Well, don't worry about it then. You know, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he say. So, you know, um, I, you do run into that into Twitter world, you know, um, that you like, I get like, I grew up in the South, Southeast. Um, I've been called names by white men, you know, in, in that form, you know, guncock, you know, get out my store, all of that. But online, I've been called more names from black people than anybody else um, ever, you know. Um, and, and so it, it's, it comes from that whole uh, community think or, you know, because you're black, you need to think you know, yeah. and, and those that know me know that that's never going to be me, no matter what my color is. And it's interesting because I have a son that is uh, 12, 13, 13. And um, he, he lives in North Carolina with his mom. And, and we're now building our relationship. And we have these conversations in the car. And I'm literally like trying to deprogram everything mm -hmm. that I just told you about, you know, like think outside the box, man, never be a don't be a group thinker, man. You know, look at everybody's perspective. Don't just look from this perspective, man. So um, to answer your question, yes, you do get it, but it's not it's not like overwhelming. It's just in Twitter world where everything's fake and ain't nobody about to do nothing. When you're interacting with with individuals on a personal level, because it seems like as the further we go in in America right now, issues of critical theory are becoming more and more pervasive across all sectors to where it's coloring the way people view things without them even realizing it, like they're wearing a pair of glasses and they don't even realize that they're looking through this lens. Where do you where, where have you found to be the best place to start with just beginning to have those conversations to get them to just begin to consider other perspectives? Um, so, I, I mean, you know, podcast. So first thing I would say, you need to go listen to Just Thinking, man. Like, <laughs> no. So um, and, and some people receive that well. Some people not so much. Um, but I, I do think just uh, looking for voices that are coming from a different perspective. Um, and that goes both sides. I mean, even even on our side of the way we view critical race theory, we need to also hear what they have to say, hear the argument, um, if not just to weaponize it, but also just to kind of get a better understanding so we can explain our side better. But um, I always, you know, my default is to send people to podcasts, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, send them to some voting videos, you know, things like that. Um, and, and, and really, you know, like you said, start the conversation. Conversation is the start. Like, mm. you know, if, if you can, actually, you know, start a dialogue and just be honest and transparent and, and, uh, and, and hear each other out. Cause I found a lot of times in conversations, you know, people start talking and they were like, blah, 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 CRT. And you don't hear nothing else. It's one, 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 one. Like, okay, I'm waiting mm -hmm. for my turn. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're loading the gun before exactly, they get done talking. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the bar network has got the, uh, the London Baptist Confession of Faith, 1689. That's the official doctrinal statement of the network. But within the different shows that are within the network, there's a level of diversity within the bar network. How have you guys worked through areas of disagreements on some of those things? Yeah, so that's a wonderful question. Um, you know, we, you know, I kind of built this thing as I was going, <laughs> just to be honest. Um, and, and everybody that comes on knows where I stand. 
and I know where they stand. Um, and and we we're able to coexist um, a lot. I mean, if you think about it, a lot like a lot of these conferences are able to coexist and bring in, you know, uh, uh, Presbyterian guys, you know, or Reformed Baptist guys, you know, the the main focus is is the gospel. You know, if you get the gospel right, you know, I I don't have no quorums with you, you know, unless you're, you know, heretical when it comes to you know the whole decree and declaring. Yeah, like that's a trigger for me. Like you won't, that's not going to happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, anything else, like I mean, I don't have a Lutheran yet, but you know, if I find a a, a dope Lutheran, you know, we that that'll definitely they'll definitely be a part, man, because we agree on uh on the gospel which is essential you know jesus christ son of god you know came lived died see that the right hand of the father you know if if we agree there then um everything else uh you know we can we can just kind of play around with but there's been no issue uh nobody has uh forced anything or you know like i said the fact that everybody knows where i stand kind of helps um and 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 it's been no issues so far yeah, there there are a few good Lutherans left, aren't there? Yeah, man. I got a <laughs> list of three right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the serious ones would never ever join a network that had reformed in the title, right? Well, uh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Jordan yeah. Cooper, I think, w- wouldn't be down for that. Nah. So, no, my my three favorite Lutherans right now: are Chris Roseborough, Chad Bird, yep. and uh, Steve Kozark. Okay, those are my guys. Yeah, and uh, well. What about Flame? Flame a favorite Lutheran now? Have you did you listen to his last uh well he released a couple last year, but did you listen to those? Nope. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, you, you need to check you got out some homework, huh? <laughs> extra notes by Flame. Okay. Uh he is he's left Calvinism and has okay. embraced Lutheranism. And the he released I think two or three albums last year, but that one it made my uh my list of the best albums of the year because I I'm not a Lutheran, but he walks through the theological issues, uh, and explains his thinking. It's very informative from a theological perspective. And, uh, you know, it's not the most creative, uh, Christian hip hop album there's ever been, but, but it's interesting. So. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would love to check it out. I have no, like I said, no issues with Luther as long as they're orthodox and solid in their, their theology and they're not like women pastors and, you know, trans, Elders yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it seems like that's that's the lion's share of Lutheranism today. Exactly. Uh, Daryl Harrison, wh- where is he an attender at MacArthur's church? I know he's like the social media dean for Grace to You. Yeah. Does he attend? Yeah, he does go. He does attend uh, Grace Community. He's a, he's a member there. Mm-hmm. Okay, gotcha. And is he is he where MacArthur is uh, theologically? Is he, I'll just get to it. Is is Daryl Harrison dispensational? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I don't know for sure. Um, I don't think so. Uh, the, the, ter- the church that Dara left out of Atlanta uh, was SBC. Um, so I don't know, honestly. That, that we got to get them on the show and get to the bottom of this. Thing. Well, you know, yeah. they might even do a show on it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, I'm not sure. I am not okay. sure about that. That's a great question. I'm going to have to text him and ask him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You got to let us know, though, after you do it, man. It's our question. Yeah. <laughs> so, bro, like, I think yeah, – I'm trying to think back to conversations because we talk so much. But I know Virgil's eye meal. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. Huh? And uh, Virgil, did he recently – did I see that he recently moved or is he still in Omaha? So he's actually in transition. He okay. has been named 
the executive director for G3 Ministries. Mm. And so eventually he will be relocating his family to the Atlanta, Georgia area right now. He's doing like a week there and a week back and things like that. Wow. Wow. And during COVID times, that that's really complicated. Yes, sir. Wow. Hey, you mentioned a few times about uh, the importance of, of podcasts in your life and how it has, has helped shape you a little bit and, and how you look to sh- share podcasts with others to encourage them to think through different things. What were some of the key podcasts that you were listening to as you were coming out of some of these other theological movements and moving more into the, the Reformed world? Yes, sir. The big three, truth for life, grace to you, and renewing your mind on rotation. Hmm. Like nice. literally hours and hours. I kept earbuds in my ear all the time. Doesn't get any mm. better than that. Yeah. I man. love Alistair Begg, man. man he's yes. one of a kind. Yeah. I could listen to him all day long for sure. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, uh, just a final question. We ask this question to all of our guests. We find it to be, to be really encouraging and helpful. But uh, what parting encouragement do you have for leaders and lay people in the local church as it pertains to living out their unity in Christ, developing convictions, and avoiding foolish controversies about less important doctrines? Wow, that's a stacked question there. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you plenty of stuff to address. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I, I guess my encouragement, man, um, you know, just in this day and age to, you know, stay the course. Um, a lot of times uh, in local um, ministries, you know, elders and things like that, man, uh, it, it, it seems overwhelming, especially now with so many things are uncertain. Um, I just, you know, my encouragement to stay the course, you know, um, like, like this is an old old church folk saying is uh, keep God first, you know, <laughs> mm, mm, <laughs> you know, but it, they say it. But there, there's a there's some, you know, there's some validity to that, man, um, you know a lot of times they, they get away from their first love, which is, you know, praying and reading God's word, you know, and those are two simple things that we think about as Christians, but these are two things that uh, will keep us grounded. will keep us motivated. will keep us inspired. Uh, will keep us uh, driving forward. Uh, and, and, and it also keeps our, I guess you could say pulse to the heartbeat of what what's going on when it comes to, you know, God's word and just understanding it and, and, and walking it out in our lives. So, um, definitely back to the basics when it comes to prayer and scripture and then stay the course um, when it comes to just your, your walk in general. Um, there's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be, you know, stumbles. There's going to be uh, intentional falls because we a lot of times forget about the intentional falls. We, we are sinful beings and we do mm. stuff and we're like, yeah, I shouldn't have did that, you know, but you did do it. So mm. all of these things are going to be in your path. And uh, at the end of the day, um, it's all for God's glory for number one. And then for number two, man, that uh, that, that you just live that life um, and walk that path that, that gives him that glory. Amen. That's a good word. Appreciate it, Dwayne. Thanks for joining us today. Good deal, man. I'm looking for my wings, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you made it through. Good job. <laughs> Oh, man. No, that was good, man. I love the questions. I love the questions. Uh, you, you made me nervous with the inbox. I was like, oh, snap. Like, about to be pulling up baby pictures and explain this Instagram picture. <laughs> mm-hmm.